electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greek Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, everything about Miami businessman Claudio Osorio says, trust me, with Jeb Bush on his board of directors, Hillary Clinton at his home, and NBA basketball players at his side, Osorio hustles his way to the top. Here I am with the president-to-be. What other seal of approval do you need to show the world I'm legitimate? Cleverly playing to charitable instincts in people, he sets up his victims to unwittingly sell his lies. We are rebuilding a future that is so bright, and I'm happy to be a part of the process. Claudio Osorio pretends to be a humanitarian entrepreneur, but he is not nearly as good as the company he keeps, and no one can even imagine the truth. He is a fraudster. This guy's a sociopath. Approximately 10-11, we are in the deposition of Claudio Osorio. Sir, please raise your right hand. Do you swear that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes. Uh, please tell us your full name. Claudio Eliazar Osorio. In 2011, in a Miami law office, Claudio Osorio sits for a videotaped deposition. He is asked a simple question. Was the company ever making money? Uh, if you ask me, okay, every, I don't every, know. Every question today, let's assume I'm asking you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Mr. Bodwick. I don't know. The company in question is his own international business. Did the company lose money? I don't know one way or another, no. What is going on here? How could a CEO not know if his own business is profitable? If it lost money, do you know whether it lost a little money or a lot of money? I don't know one way or another, no. What is Claudio Osorio's game? For the answer, we need to go back to 1997. An awards presentation is underway. Tonight, we celebrate excellence. It's the prestigious Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Entrepreneur of the Year is, you ready? All set. Claudio Osorio. Claudio Osorio is 38 years old. He is the founder and CEO of the third largest computer distributor in the world. Starting out of a 250 square feet small office in my home country in Caracas, Venezuela, I would have never dreamed that 12 years later, a $5 billion dollar company was going to be created. It is impressive. Osorio starts the company CHS Electronics when he is just 25. Headquartered in Miami, it sells computers anywhere but the U.S. His strategy is simple. Buy out the competition wherever he can. 
Tonight, as he accepts his award, he is operating in 39 countries. Our dreams are made of unlimited energy, of fearless and sheer determination. At this moment, Claudio Osorio is on top of the world. And more impressive than his award is his new address, Miami's Star Island. He had a house just to the left of one of the yachts you see out there. Business reporter Paul Brinkman says Star Island, home to celebrities and wealthy CEOs, is a perfect choice for Osorio. It was a way to build his credibility by saying he lived among those people. It was a way to meet them. It was a way to get involved in the charity organizations that they were involved in. At the end of 1997, as Osorio and his family settle into the world of the rich and famous on Star Island, computer hardware businesses are heading into tough times. But oddly, CHS is doing fine. CHS was going the opposite way. They were growing both in terms of volume and, in, and most importantly, in terms of profitability. Throughout the next year, Osorio announces record earnings, and CHS stock trading on the New York Stock Exchange soars. He has an explanation. Osorio says that the people who are in charge of his company in each country are local people who know the business practices of that country. This year, those local people also know the truth. Their companies are losing money. One local manager eventually contacts Glenn DiValerio, an attorney for CHS shareholders. He says that he and others are suspicious. They knew that if all of them were reporting downturns in profits, how was it that the company was continuing to report record sales and record earnings? The answer is what they come to call Claudio's magic. Submit a statement showing a loss to Osorio in Miami, and presto, that loss becomes a profit. It is also called cooking the books, and it's a surefire way to keep a company's stock on the rise. And so CHS stock continues to climb, but Osorio's game can't last. As they got close to the end of the fiscal year, rumors started to surface about some problems with the financial reports. Osorio must know he will be exposed. And so in March 1999, announcing a find of discrepancies in its financial reports, he reports that CHS profits in 1998 were actually millions of dollars lower than originally reported. And he quickly blamed someone else, pointing the finger to Paris, to the vice president of European operations who resigns. Wall Street learns that not only were the numbers going to have to be restated, but they were the product of wrongdoing. And that is the kiss of death on Wall Street. CHS stock plummets. Shareholders lose tens of millions of dollars on that one day. And so they sue, charging Osorio with fraud in civil court. This was an open and shut case. The conduct here, once revealed, was very easy to unravel. There's nothing complicated about the fraud. The case is settled out of court. The board of directors insurance policy pays out more than $11 million, which does not come close to the amount lost by shareholders. CHS declares bankruptcy, but there's no real shame in that among the swashbuckling crowd Osorio runs with. And as long as no one looks closely, no one will discover that many of Osorio's shareholders believe he defrauded them and got away with it. 
For four years from his base on Star Island, Claudio Osorio looks for a new ticket to fame and fortune. Finally, in 2004, he stumbles on an idea that appears to be the opportunity of a lifetime. An inventor in Germany wants to use fiber composite material used in boats to create buildings of all kinds, homes, hospitals, office buildings. Osorio buys the idea and launches his new company in Oviedo. William Brown is a special agent for the FBI. The big selling point was that these fiber composite panels would be more cost efficient than using traditional building materials such as wood, steel, concrete. Imagine the potential. For millions of people living in makeshift housing around the world, Osorio is offering an answer. A real home that can be built at little cost in a matter of days. The buildings are said to be fire resistant, able to withstand hurricanes and even earthquakes. What he sells to investors is not only a chance to make money, but a chance to make the world a better place. Former U.S. attorney Kendall Coffey represents one of Osorio's investors. What's unique about Osorio is he targeted people that wanted to do good, and he appealed to their instincts to try to create a product that could be transformational and very, very beneficial for millions. Looking for investors, Osorio turns to Star Island neighbor Ingin Yasil, a real estate developer who sees the potential for Innovida housing in his home city of Istanbul. Attorney Abby Kaplan represents Ingin Yasil. It was important to him to be able to provide affordable housing in his own backyard. This would be a wonderful thing for him to be able to provide this to the community. Yasil invests close to $8 million for a 30% share in Innovida, and the business takes off. Osorio announces a $60 million contract at the Al-Kahil Equine theme park in Dubai. And that, he says, is on top of contracts in Spain, Portugal, and India. And an Innovida factory has just opened in Miami. Having the product itself here in North Miami Beach and investors were able to walk through it, see it, touch it, envision it in the state that they were gonna implement it, that was a huge selling point. The company is on a roll and it gives Osorio the ability to attract a stellar board of directors. Miami developer Jorge Perez, retired General Wesley Clark, and the big get, the former governor of Florida, Jeb Bush was paid $15,000 a month as a consultant and board member. The board of directors was an all-star cast. People loved the concept of Innovita. What it could do in third world countries is something that I think everybody would stand behind. Selling the company with Osorio is his partner, his wife, Amaryllis, who casts herself as a compassionate humanitarian. She says she believes that every person has the responsibility with the world and with God to give, especially when you have so much. That's why she raises money for orphanages in Siberia and daycare centers in Venezuela. Closer to home, she raises money for Hillary Clinton during her 2008 campaign for president. And that is how she meets Chris Korch, a millionaire real estate developer and longtime supporter of Bill and Hillary. What I brought to the table was the prize of all prizes on the Democratic side. I brought 
the Clinton-Obama race. In the fall of 2007, as Amaryllis and Corge plan a fundraiser for Clinton at the Osorio's house, Corge gets to know Claudio. With the backdrop of seeing him interact with his own children, he looked to me like, you know, father knows best. You know, almost like a perfect kind of father. A turning point comes in June 2008, when Clinton concedes the Democratic nomination to Barack Obama, and supporters of the former opponents need to make peace with each other. Corge is impressed by what he sees as Osorio's sense of fair play. What Claudio did was he invited us all to lunch at his house one day and kind of mediated in such a way, talking to the Obama folks that, you know, we need to come together here. So that was another factor to me that said to me, this is a really good guy. You know, good family, strong board of directors. I couldn't find a lot wrong with the picture. And there seems to be nothing in his past to cause any concern. Jeb Bush hired a private investigator to investigate Osorio in Nevada to make sure that he wasn't getting involved in a company or with individuals that would create political problems for him in the future. The allegations of fraud at CHS do not raise red flags. At least, not yet. By 2008, as the world teeters on the brink of the Great Recession, Claudio and Amaryllis Osorio appear to have nothing to worry about. Living on Star Island, there is a Maserati in the garage and an expensive boat at the dock. And who can miss that diamond ring that Amaryllis displays so prominently? They were spending $100,000 to $200,000 on a credit card every month. They had an apartment complex in Switzerland. They had another apartment complex in Telluride, Colorado. But they always need more money. And together, Amaryllis and Claudio are tapping every possible source of cash for Innovita. And now they are making their way into a whole new league, the NBA. Reaching out to star players like Dwight Howard, Alonzo Mourning, Howard Isley, and Carlos Boozer. In 08, there were several professional athletes that were introduced to Mr. Osorio. Attorney David Nunez represents Carlos Boozer and his wife, Cindy. Mr. Osorio presented as a very successful, wealthy, savvy, international businessman. In late spring, the Boozers and other potential investors are invited to a presentation on Innovita at the Osorio Star Island House. Just the fact that he had a residence there already lent him some credibility. And so does his resume. Entrepreneur of the Year, former CEO of a Fortune 500 company. That in and of itself lends him tremendous credibility and makes him a star child. Really, I mean, he's a whiz. And then there is Innovita, already operating around the world. It could not be more impressive. Of course, a selling point is the involvement of someone like Jeb Bush. It gives you a sense of comfort because one can't imagine individuals of that stature just nilly-willy getting involved. But best of all is the financial picture. Osorio presents a company doing a booming business with a stunning amount of cash on hand. It was $40 million in reserves, debt-free a pipeline of construction projects worth hundreds of millions of dollars in the works. 
and gaining global recognition. The entire pitch was a masterpiece. He had all the pieces in place to persuade everybody that, you know, if you didn't do this, you really are missing the boat. Finally, the kicker of the presentation to investors is an invitation to a private meeting arranged by the Osorios with then-candidate for president Barack Obama. It will be held at the home of Chris Corge, and Osorio makes sure his potential investors get special treatment. Claudio organized at my house a private meeting with, at the time, Senator Obama and all of these NBA players like Carlos Boozer. Because of something like that, it raised the level of credibility that Claudio Osorio had. Osorio can arrange a private meeting with Barack Obama? That's impressive. It's like catching the big fish. Here I am with the president-to-be. That, that's a big deal. What other seal of approval do you need to show the world I'm legitimate? What else? Nothing else. And eventually Dwight Howard, Howard Isley, and Alonzo Mourning invest in Innovita. For Cindy and Carlos Boozer, the decision to put their money into the company is not easy. These folks are folks that are hardworking, that value what they have. Mind you, he wasn't drafted in the first round. Second round draft picks don't get guaranteed contracts. He had to work hard to earn what he became in the NBA. And so Osorio plays it cool. He calls Carlos not to ask for him to invest, but to say to him, hey, you know what? There's a program called NBA Cares, and this program does a lot of work in Africa. I want to donate homes to that program. He does it to back off from the aggressive solicitation and to show that, you know what? You don't have to invest, but just let me help this cause. It works. In August 2009, the Boozers invest $1 million, buying more than 5 million shares of Innovita at the bargain price of 19.5 cents a share. The money is coming in from all over. A developer in New York has given Osario a million dollars. Another in Tanzania is investing $2 million in an Innovita project to build floating villas in Hamburg, Germany. And finally, Osorio turned his attention to Chris Korge. He said, look, you're trustworthy and you're smart and you're engaged. You care about the community. I would love for you to be part of the company. And you don't have to make a big investment. Make whatever investment you feel comfortable with. And he shows Korge the financial statements. As anyone would, I focused on the numbers, not on some small words that I can't see without glasses. Okay, I mean, I have to squint to look at the numbers. And the numbers say that in 2008, the company has $37 million in cash, and that it will end 2009 with $39 million also in cash. So you're seeing numbers that follow the story. What Korge doesn't see without his glasses is the word in the top right-hand corner, unaudited. There is nothing official about this document. And what he doesn't know is that in Dubai, checks written from Innovita are reportedly bouncing, and that Amaryllis is asking Innovita employees to take a cut in pay, and that the Swiss government has opened a criminal investigation into allegations that at CHS, Osorio created false financial statements in order to obtain $220 million in loans from Swiss banks. 
That is not widely known, and everything that Chris Cord sees looks as good as it gets. After seeing the financials and seeing the board and the entire picture, I thought, I'll invest $300,000 in the company. That'd be a good starting point. And it wasn't like he was hunting me down to get the check. Gorge buys 1,250,000 shares in Innovita. Two months later, it is Osorio's 50th birthday party, and his crowd of well-wishers is impressive. May you have many, many happy, healthy birthdays more, and that we're there to share it with you. He's got an incredible vision. He's uh, driven, hardworking. Happy birthday, happy 50th. We're at your house right now. Yes. We want to wish you a happy birthday. We love you, we're proud of you. Let's go get drunk. Chris Corge is there, and it is not at all the most extravagant 50th birthday party he has seen. It was nice. Sure, it cost, you know, $100,000. But, I mean, he's got $39 million in cash sitting in one of the companies that he owns 98% of all the stock. So, in Corge's mind, Osorio has money to burn on his birthday. He just doesn't know it's his money that he's burning. January 12, 2010. The attention of the world turns to a crisis of immense proportions in Haiti. A 7.0 magnitude earthquake has destroyed the capital city of Port-au-Prince. Hundreds of thousands of people are killed. More than one million are homeless. And Claudio Osorio steps in to seize the moment. He borrows a private jet from a New York investor and brings his team with Chris Corge, Alonzo Mourning, and retired General Wesley Clark front and center right to the heart of the crisis. The purpose was to bring medicine that was desperately needed there to save lives. Literally, you couldn't leave there without tearing up to seeing that devastation and carnage. And to see people in these tents. For Osorio, it all spells one thing. Opportunity. And we also prepare uh, several structures that are 500 square meters each. Returning to the U.S., Osorio calls a press conference to announce that Innovita will donate 1,000 homes to Haiti. His believers put their reputations on the line for him. We are rebuilding a future that is so bright. These people are going strong world. Uh, the history proves that. Uh, and I'm happy to be a part of the process. The national media picks up the story. Claudio Osorio is headline news. Armed with good press and impeccable credentials, he heads to Washington for a meeting with the Overseas Private Investment Corporation, OPIC, a government agency that helps U.S. businesses invest in worthwhile projects in the developing world. He's looking for a loan to help Innovita build a factory in Haiti. There was clearly a desire and a sense of urgency on the part of the federal government to do something in Haiti at that time. And along comes Osorio, and he says, I will do something in Haiti. I will build homes. He presents his financial statements with that stunning figure of cash on hand, $39 million. And just two weeks after the earthquake, OPIC announces a $10 million loan to Innovita. 
Osorio gets more than $3 million to start. Working hand-in-hand with Osorio and all of the company's business now is Chris Korch, who has invested over $300,000. We were in touch three times a day. We saw each other four times a week. We told each other about very personal, family-related things, you know, successes and challenges in our marriages, with our children, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so Osorio knows Korge is worried about his real estate business. The market in Florida has crashed. He owes $28 million on properties worth approximately $5 million. One of the things that he was an expert at was as a concerned friend, he wanted to know how he could help me. And that further endeared him with me. And suddenly an opportunity presents itself. Osorio says a group of sovereign wealth funds in the Middle East wants to buy 20% of Enovita for $500 million. It is not that far-fetched. Governor Bush had told me that he had gone to the Middle East and actually saw a floating home that was built, I think, in Abu Dhabi, and that he had seen the factory in the Middle East. Osorio says the deal will create a huge windfall for Innovita's investors. He says Korge can make a killing, especially if he buys more Innovita stock. I didn't know what I could afford to buy. You know, I had to meet all my other financial obligations. And so Osorio sweetens the pot. He says he will be getting more than $400 million when the deal closes, and he is willing to share. He goes, I don't need this money. He goes, whatever you can raise, I'll match it for you. It's a gift, almost, (laughs) okay? The hook has been set. Korge wants in. Problem is, he doesn't have the cash. So in March 2010, he borrows $3 million. Combining that with money of his own, he invests $3.7 million, believing the deal will close in just over a month. I felt like this guy was doing me the biggest favor ever that anyone's ever done for me. Meanwhile, the homes Osorio promised for the survivors of the Haiti earthquake should be nearing completion by now. I worked for a number of weeks trying to get answers out of Innovita at that point and saying, you know, are you really building homes in Haiti? And they would say yes. And I would say, well, send me some pictures. Tell me where the homes are in Haiti. OPIC is asking, too. When Osorio reports that he has completed 60 homes, the agency's local representative heads out to see them. She writes back, I didn't see any constructed homes. OPIC decides to hold off on sending any more money to Claudio Osorio. I remember thinking, is it really possible that somebody could claim they were going to do such a wonderful thing and then have no intention of doing that and just take your money instead. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. 
In the spring of 2010 in Coral Gables, Chris Cord says he is paying $25,000 a month in interest on a $3 million loan. He has borrowed the money in the hope that it will free him from an even bigger debt. Even though I made a fantastic income, I couldn't pay off $28 million in loans. I didn't have that kind of cash. And I personally guaranteed all these loans. So this was my Hail Mary pass. He expects to pay the $3 million loan back as soon as a group of Middle Eastern investors finalize their $500 million purchase of shares in Innovita. The Sovereign Wealth Fund was supposed to close by May 5th. So May 5th came. And I wasn't ter terribly alarmed. I was talking to Claudio frequently, almost every day, up until the 5th. After almost two weeks, I called Claudio, and I said, Claudio, what's happening? He goes, it's just, you know, lawyers, they take forever to get this done. And then I started hearing less from him. And so Korch calls Innovita's chief financial officer to see what he knows about the Sovereign Wealth Fund. He goes, oh, those Sovereign Wealth Funds from the Middle East, when we met with them back in February, they told us that the company wasn't developed enough yet for them to invest in the company. Well, my heart dropped. His next call is to Osorio, who quickly tells Korge the CFO is not in on the deal and knows nothing. I said to him, Claudio, if this deal doesn't close in the next 30 days, I need all my money back. He goes, Chris, if you want all your money back, I'll give it all back to you. Cord waits. June, no deal. July, no deal. And now Osorio is impossible to reach. In July, he tells Cord he is in Venezuela, but he is seen in Martha's Vineyard. In August, Amarilla sends Corge a text saying Claudio is out of the country and she is in New Orleans. And they are seen having lunch at Prime 112 in Miami Beach. When Osorio says he is visiting his father who has had a stroke, he takes the lie just a little too far. When the guy sent me a picture of a man in a bed with tubes coming out of his throat and oxygen masks, I thought to myself, Oh my God, I am so done. <laughs> this guy has taken me, you know, who would do something like that? And the evidence mounts. Osorio's Star Island neighbor, Ingin Yasil, is suing him. He wants his $8 million back because he discovers Osorio's entire sales pitch is not true. What he found out was that the cost that Osorio claimed would be attending to these prefabricated uh, panels to be able to build a home uh, was way, 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 way off. And that businessman in Tanzania who put in two million to invest in a floating village is in court saying Osario never sold a single floating home and he wants his money back. Finally in September, Chris Corge files a lawsuit against Claudio and Amarillis. His lawyer, Kendall Coffey, sets up a meeting with Osario. Claudio basically says, look, clearly our relationship has been severely damaged. Da-da! <laughs> severely damaged. He, I want to kill him, okay? And so he says, so I'll just get him his money back. Osario was the best liar I've ever seen. He could look at you eye to eye, not a flinch, not a whisper 
of weakness or uh, any possibility that he could be doing anything wrong. Korg received nothing from Osario. And as news of his lawsuit hits the press, Amaryllis flies into action, setting up a lunch meeting with Cindy Boozer. She said that Korg was behind this campaign to extort Innovita to give him back 300% of his original $4 million investment. But to don't worry, uh, we have a $200 million deal with China. I've seen the project. I've seen it constructed and being worked on. I personally went there myself. As the court proceedings in Korg's suit begin, the focus is on that $39 million in cash. It's time to show Korg the money. From the beginning of the litigation, Osorio was assuring the court that the money was there and that there would be documents to prove it. But he stonewalls. He refuses to submit his financial records. Osorio was clearly just trying to fight to live another day and would say anything and do anything if he could just buy a little more time. By March, the judge has had enough. She orders Osorio to pay $4 million to Corge. And she goes a step further. She appoints a receiver to take over Innovita. Claudio Osorio is no longer in charge. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. In March 2011, in Miami Beach, at Innovita headquarters, Claudio Osorio is out, and court-appointed attorneys take control. We went in and told them that we are now under court order and secured the computers, secured papers, and basically locked down the, uh, the offices. As the lawyers pour through the records, it is immediately clear that Osorio's promising profitable company with wads of cash is broke. There were unpaid creditors, probably over a million dollars unpaid bills. Unable to make payroll, the attorneys shut down the Miami factory. And they learn that despite the claims of factories operating around the world, there is just one other in Dubai. All the press of having factories in Mississippi and Oman and Angola and Tanzania was just noise. But there is still that $39 million in cash. Some of the first documents we found were indications that there were substantial sums in the bank. We found an IRS form, which indicated there was $37.5 million in an offshore account. They call Osorio in for a deposition in May. When you were operating the Innovita entities, did you typically have an understanding on a given day approximately how much cash any of the companies had? No. You claimed that he didn't understand finance, did not understand bank statements. Have you ever looked at a bank statement? As a lay person. Okay. Do you think you need to be an expert to understand a bank statement? <clears throat> I think so, yes. The documents the attorneys find suggest the money is in the Royal Bank of Canada in the Cayman Islands. But Osorio knows nothing. 
Did money ever get deposited into RBC Cayman? I don't know that one way or another. Did money ever get spent out of RBC Cayman? Uh, again, uh, not my area, Mr. Uh, but we know that I don't know that one way or another. Eventually, Osorio is asked the big question. Do you have any reason to believe that at any time in connection with your involvement and relationship with the innovative entities that you ever violated any criminal laws of any jurisdiction? No. And as a layperson is my answer, of course. Not surprisingly, it turns out that he never had $39 million in cash. Osorio has been working his magic again. This was act two of what had already transpired with CHS Electronics. It was a blatant elementary school financial statement fraud, a few false phony documents. It was all smoke and mirrors. And now his investors learn that Innovita never had a hope of being profitable. It was a company that was hemorrhaging money and was being used as a personal piggy bank by Claudio Osorio. Carlos Boozer learns that his million-dollar investment may have gone to pay the mortgage on Osorio's house and his country club fees. Oh, listen, it's like being punched in the stomach 50 times in a row. A million dollars is a lot of money. And if you're gonna, if it's gonna get stolen from you, you know, it could have been given to charity. There's a million things you could have done with it. And the OPIC money? Nearly two-thirds of the three million dollars that was intended for the devastated people in Haiti was sent directly to Innovita investors as supposed profits. The rest went to support Osorio's own fabulously wealthy lifestyle. The fact that Claudio Osorio would take money from the U.S. government and divert that money from helping the Haitian people and save Haitian lives is one of the most despicable low things that anyone could do. In the end, it is determined that in just three years, Osorio made off with more than $40 million. He spent at least $8 million on himself. And now he, Amaryllis, and their business are in bankruptcy, and the attorneys look for money to pay back his creditors. The Maserati? It was leased. The boat? Repossessed by the bank. One item of value they have is Amaryllis' diamond ring, and she makes a bizarre claim to keep it. We are told that the diamond ring was actually cubic zirconia and was borrowed from a friend of Amaryllis in Venezuela. The story is a lie. The diamond is real. The ring brings in $50,000. And as people quickly disassociate themselves from Osorio, more money comes in. Jeb Bush returns $270,000 of the $460,000 he was paid as a consultant to Innovita. $50,000 is returned from the Democratic National Committee. The biggest asset is, of course, the Star Island House. It is auctioned off for more than $12 million. With a nearly $7 million mortgage to pay off, it brings in $5 million. As 2011 comes to an end, Osorio has lost his business and his precious house. But he is now living in an oceanfront condominium. And as he says in his deposition, he sees a bright future. Well, if everything goes well, then uh, I should have uh, a, an income of about a quarter of a million dollars a year, 250,000 gross. 
Doing what? Consulting. Consulting for whom? A company located in China. Called? <laughs> That's a good question. But the delusion of his next venture comes to a fast end in December when unexpected guests arrive. We got there bright and early in the morning. At the time, he was arrested and placed in handcuffs. He, I would describe it as physically and emotionally broke down to the point where I actually had to call EMS to the scene to make clear him before we, we went on. So Mr. Osorio's world at that point crumbled, and he has been incarcerated ever since. His booking photo shows the dazed expression of a man who never saw it coming. Claudio Osorio was the Teflon Don. Nothing stuck to him throughout the years. He could always maneuver his way out of any type of situation. Osorio has been indicted on 23 counts of fraud and money laundering. He pleads guilty. It is reported that as a condition of his plea, he asks that Amaryllis receive immunity from prosecution and his request is granted. He is sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison and is ordered to pay more than $20 million in restitution. Amaryllis has now divorced him. When Chris Korge learns that Osorio is headed to federal prison, he realizes the money he spent in legal fees exposing Osorio was one of the best investments he has made. You don't get many opportunities in your life to do something that may save someone else's life. I could see where a fraudster like this could put someone in such a horrendous situation, losing everything they work for for their whole life, because that's what almost happened to me. And he could care less about it. He has no conscience, no heart, no soul. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.